Hi, welcome to Rose Colored Glass. My name is Janice Goldberg and I'm the director and co-author along with Sue Bigelow of this radio drama that you're going to hear today. Rose Colored Glass was originally performed in Eureka, California, way up north in the Redwoods at the Plays in Progress Theater where Sue Bigelow was the artistic director. The original play was done in 1996 and it came about partly because Sue's grandparents owned a little deli on the south side of Chicago and partly because, on Sue's second trip to New York, we were walking down 7th Avenue, passing the old Carnegie Deli, and Sue was falling a few steps behind me, and I kept turning around to make sure she was still there, that she hadn't gotten sidetracked by the smell of the pastrami or some tourist trap. Who knew that would be part two of the genesis of the play? This will all make better sense later. We have since done the play in New York, and it is published by Samuel French. Subsequently, it has had productions all over the world, but this is a first, a radio drama. I'd like to thank Ripple Effect Artists for graciously producing this since they were going to do a full-fledged production in June, but well, enough said. I also want to acknowledge our actors, Laura Gardner, who plays Rose, Joe Twist, who plays Lady, and Story Musa, who plays Peg. Also to be acknowledged are Carl Custer, our sound engineer, Peter Yanka, who wrote our music, and Gordon Cooper, who's the voice of the BBC. In doing the research for the show, in a pre-Google world, we watched microfilm, read old magazines, documents, telegrams, and newspapers, talked to many people. We came to realize just how unaware and often unconcerned people were of what was going on in Europe in the 1930s, especially when it came to the plight of the Jews. And also what American apathy and bureaucracy and immigration laws were really doing. These are the things that make the play and story so resonant today. Anyway, enough of all that. We hope you enjoy Rose-Colored Glass.
April 30th, 1938. My dearest Rose, life in Vienna is becoming more difficult by the day. The new Nazi government has required all Jews to register as such. And laws are being enacted that restrict Karl from taking anyone other than Jews as patients, cutting his practice by three quarters. I fear it won't be long before the tradesmen will be robbed of their livelihood as well. And as if that is not enough, Karl and I were forced to clean the streets on our hands and knees. Many have been arrested and I fear for... Papa is feeling fine though and insists that I write you shouldn't worry. He says it would piss. Love, Sabina. That is how it all began. A trickle of information from across the world. When the story began, I was all of 13. It is a story that will be remembered as theirs. Sometimes theirs alone, but sometimes as belonging to us all. It was a story to which we all thought we knew the ending. And thus the mistake began on the stockyard side of Chicago, where the wind blows the wrong way. Uh, on the corner of 71st and Colfax is my grandmother's pub and grill. My grandfather had died at an early age and over the years, O'Reilly's had become Lady O'Reilly's. But here in the alley is the back door to the pub. Just inside is my grandmother's kitchen, her domain. Directly across the alley is the back door to Fleischmann's Delicatessen. And just inside is Mrs. Fleischmann's kitchen, her domain. And hanging right outside both doors are the all-important mailboxes. It was July 1st, 1938. For the young Jewish boys all across town, it was a year of bar mitzvahs. But on this side of the alley, becoming 13 was not so easy. No one wanted to consider me an adult. It was a time of questioning, a time of unanswered questions. It seemed like the whole world was struggling to grow up. 1938, a year when the events of the world, the tension in Europe, the economy and the unrest in all our hearts seemed to melt together. The one thing for sure, however, was you could tell the day of the week by my grandmother's blue plate special. Off the counter. We got a letter from Mrs. Fleischman again. Well, put it in her box, child. Now off the counter. Why? You're not doing anything on it. I could be. Off. Can I go over to... No. The tables have yet to be wiped down, and I want you to eat before you go running off. Nana, it's a holiday weekend. Well, I still want you to eat. Oh, Nana, it's Friday. Oh, soon there'll be a whole pub full of good Irish lads who have nothing but the highest regard for my salmon loaf. And all I hear out of you is, Nana, it's Friday. I could eat at the deli. That's still eating. Ugh. That's a matter of opinion. Please. No. You eat over there far too often. You're going to turn into one of them gefilte fishes. But you don't even know what's in it. It's fish. Isn't that all that counts? I mean, in God's eyes and all. 
What is it you don't like about my salmon roll? Nothing. It's just that we have it a lot. Well, that's why it's called a blue plate special. Because we have it a lot. It's part of doing business. On any given Friday, year in, year out, you know you can get the world's greatest salmon loaf at Lady O'Reilly's pub. What? You want me to go and upset the whole world by serving tuna casserole? What if I promise to eat it the next two Fridays in a row? Please! Uh, the table needs setting first. What? What is it you like so much about it? I like the way it sounds. Gah, felt the fish. <laughs> Silly child. <laughs> and I like Mrs. Fleischman. And one day, you're gonna like her too. Well, maybe even be friends. Enough! Go attend to the tables and don't forget to come back for the letter. Oh, such a dreamer. What? Take the letter! I think my grandmother thought I just had a kid's fascination with Mrs. Fleischman, and that when I had discovered all worth discovering in the back room of the deli, I would move on. My grandmother was wrong. The other girls in school, they had a mother and a father, and with that came ballet lessons and Girl Scouts and family game nights. I, on the other hand, had a working grandmother in a pub, and the freedom to explore and create whatever world I like, chores notwithstanding. And I liked a world filled with people and things that were just a little bit different. And I think deep down so did my grandmother, but we were still living in a time where to be different was to be bad. You stuck with the familiar, you hung out with your own, Irish boys drank in Irish pubs. And the world to you, to us, was a world you could reach out and touch. But Mrs. Fleischman was also a lot like my grandmother. She had opinions and things she believed in, and neither of them was afraid to tell you what they thought. All I'm saying is people in this neighborhood are used to doing things a certain way. If you can loaf a salmon, I can... Gavelta a fish! And that's how they all ended. The rock had met the proverbial hard spot. Hello, Mrs. Fleischman. I'm gonna start setting my clock by you. Only on Friday. Salmon loaf. What else? We got one of your letters again. Just, just leave it on the table. I sort of forgot it. Then the next time you come over. Well, the letter, it uh, kind of looked important. Then run across the alley while I fix you some... I would, but I've kind of been in a lot of trouble this week, mostly having to do with forgetting things. And if I have to go back to my grandmother and tell her I forgot one more thing... Oh, all right. I'm afraid she'll get really mad and tell Sister Angeline, and then I'll have to go to confession. All right. Oh, for heaven's sake, it's only across the alley. I believe you have a piece of my mill. Not that I choose to. Nor do I. You could put it in my box. And I have nothing better to do with my time. I wouldn't know. Oh, all right. Once in a while, I could see him making a mistake, but every time I turn around, here. 
Perhaps you should speak to the postman. Perhaps I should. Thank you, Mrs. O'Reilly. Hmm. Peg, you call a bill from the water department an important piece of mail? Maybe the water's just more important in a pub than it is in a deli. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you want lunch? Can I have what I always have? With or without horseradish? With. Mm. Have you ever thought about having a blue plate special? I think one establishment with that color china is enough on this block. Uh, but say you did have a blue plate special, what would you serve? Salmon loaf. No, really. What would you serve? Salmon loaf. But not to worry, I'd have it on Tuesdays on white china. That'd be the safest thing. <laughs> so what are you doing today? Preparing for the Sabbath. So you're working twice as hard today so you can rest up tomorrow? There is a little more to it than just resting. Nana says it's a little like our Sunday. Well, no, but we do on Sunday. Clean house. That's an odd way to rest. Nana says it's relaxing just to know what's done. Interesting perspective. So how come some of this letter is all blacked out? And how come it took it so long to get here from April? You shouldn't read other people's mail. I wasn't reading it. It was just laying here, and I noticed the parts that were blacked out. Why is that? There must have been mistakes made. A lot of mistakes? Why aren't they crossed out then, or erased? I don't know. It just seems odd. Peg, that's enough. I'm sorry. I just wanted to know why. And I don't know. Now eat your lunch. Okay. Would you like to help me with my strudel? I don't know. I could teach you. I don't know. <laughs> then you could help me more often. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> flower your hands and place the dough on the board. Right. Then we roll and talk. When the church ladies come over to make pies and cinnamon rolls, they talk while they're rolling the dough out. What do you do with your friends? Have you ever thought of just saying what was on your mind? Do you like Nana? Do you? Well, I asked you first. And I have to. She's my grandmother. No, I believe you have to love people. No one said a thing about having to like anyone. Well, I can't imagine you not liking someone. You like me. How could I turn away a five-year-old Shana Maydol with her nose pressed against my window? Well, that's true. But how come... It is not as if I dislike your grandmother. We simply disagree on a few things. It goes back a long time. Ah, cut the dough into three pieces. Right. When you came over with Mr. Fleischman on the boat... They had a cabin on a passenger liner. Right. And it was way before I was born. And you had a big Jewish wedding with lots of dancing. And you broke a lot of glass. One bless. They didn't break anything at Nana's wedding. Well, it was in Ireland a whole lot longer ago than your wedding to Mr. Fleischman. You, you know, I am pretty good at figuring things out. Well, I could help you with that letter. Oh, like I was a spy or something. One thing at a time. Today, you are a baker. Right. So when you got married, 
I don't think you were very happy because it was rearranged. Rearranged. And you have a funny way of telling this. So you got on a boat and came over here. So you got to Chicago on a boat? Train after Baltimore. We heard property was cheap. And you bought the deli. And you didn't have any kids right off because you were working so hard in the deli. And then all of a sudden, he died. Not like that. His heart. And since you didn't have any kids... He said we should wait. And who was I to question? That, anyway. If you were Catholic, there will be no questioning at all. You would just start your family right then and there on your wedding day. But I always figured it was kind of mean of everyone to make them leave their party just to start a family. I think there was more to it than that. I sort of wish Nana had had twins. Since she only got one shot at having babies and that being a disappointment to God and all. Disappointment to God? No, really. It's because of my father. And how do you know this? Well, one time when the church ladies were over, they were all talking about their children. And Mrs. O'Toole said to Nana, what do you hear from Tommy? It got real quiet. And Nana said, oh, well, he's traveling a lot, you know, selling stuff to the farmers. But we get regular letters. He's doing just fine. Just fine. Well, when they left, Nana mumbled something about prying ladies and how she hoped God would forgive her. Oh, it's okay. She and Mrs. O'Toole are still friends. So how come you and Nana never became friends? Can we talk about something else? Well, it's the spy in me. So Mr. Fleischman had died and then grandfather died and you two were the only two left, you think. Yes, you think. But by that time, there was a lot of water under the bridge. Like what? You should ask your grandmother. She won't tell me. Sometimes things aren't worth talking about anymore. Well, and sometimes it is better just to come out and say what is on your mind. Look, your grandfather had visions of buying this place for your father. The deli? It was supposed to be a grocery store, a gift so that your father would come home. And when your grandfather couldn't raise the money, and we could, well, he became very bitter. He hated us for everything from stealing his dreams to invading his neighborhood to killing Jesus. And if you are hated for everything, then after a while you begin to hate Beck. That was a long time ago. You're brought up to think that your husband is right for the most part. And when kitchens and bedrooms and workplaces are filled with talk like that, I get a better price on flunking at the meat market. Is it because I jewed the butcher down? Someone slides your grandfather a free beer across the bar. Is he Irishing in ale? Do you spit at him in the street? Street? Not in so many words. But if you don't stop an anti-Semitic act, then it's almost as bad as doing it yourself. What is that? Peggy Jane, I am not setting the tables for you. And we eat off of plates on a blue plate Friday. Now move. Ask your grandmother. Coming! I was just... Peggy G, don't make me come over there. Go. I was just helping Mrs. Fleischman with her... Yeah, I know exactly what you were doing. Both of you! It just 
didn't seem right that husbands who had been dead for a very long time should go on hurting the women they loved. And now was as good a time as any to fix that. Father Patrick had said we should love our neighbor somehow. Mail's here. There's never anything for me. (laughs) One day, one day. You know, you could write to me in care of Mrs. Fleischman, then I get mail. And how would that look? Hmm? If I ordered something from the mail order catalog, I'd get mail. Not very personal. It would be if I ordered something from the lingerie department. Well, since when did you become interested in lingerie? Anna. And besides, Robert's department store has a nice, respectable selection. But it would be more exciting to get it in the mail. Uh, I suppose if you don't mind it being too small, you can buy the exact same dress at Robert's, but order it through the mail and it's two sizes too small. I don't know if it's the mail itself or that they know that most people won't bother to send it back. I'll order two sizes too big. And look like that, Nell. How many floral pattern potato sacks can one own in a lifetime? But I bet you underneath she's wearing mail order lingerie. Oh, I highly doubt that. <laughs> Look, you got one with funny stamps on it. Oh, it's not for us. And why does this not surprise me? Vienna? That's in Austria. I know where Vienna is. Run it over to her. The stamps are different than before. Adolf Hitler? Isn't he the new king of Austria? Hardly, child. Although, it's on a letter from Vienna. Uh, Run it over to her. I'll just tell her it's here. Now, just take it over. Wouldn't it be nicer, friendlier, if Mrs. Fleischman just came over and got it? It would be nicer if you just did what I asked for once. But... Say she did just drop in. You would be polite and courteous, wouldn't you? I'm always polite. Well, not when Eddie Courtney comes by. Eddie Courtney is the town drunk looking for a handout, and she is Mrs. Fleischman. I'm sure there must be a difference. Meaning, if she came over, you would be polite. Yes, child, I would be polite. Promise. Yes, I promise. Now run the letter over. I can't. It's illegal to re-deliver mail, especially from a foreign country. Uh. Two weeks had passed since I swore they would be friends, and this was the first real window of opportunity I had. And anyway, how hard could it be to bring two worlds only an alley apart together? So I grabbed the rock of opportunity and threw it at the hardest spot I could find, my grandmother. She had promised to be nice and polite. It was a start. And what is it that's going on in that mind of yours, sitting on that stool, staring off into space? You could be helping me with kneading the bread. Why don't you like her? Who says I'm not liking? Mrs. Fleischman. It is very complicated. 
Mrs. Fleischman says there's a lot of water under the bridge. Uh, for once, perhaps she is right. Well, so why can't you just walk across the bridge without looking down? Then you wouldn't see all the water and you can... It's just not that easy. Have you ever Jewed the butcher down? What? Where did you hear that? I, uh, well, Mrs. Fleischman was talking about anti-semi-something and... Is that what she's serving up now with her gefilte fish? No, no, I don't even know for sure what that means. And that's the way it's going to stick. I'm sorry, Nana. You can make it easier. We could make it easier just by being nice. Maybe that anti-stuff could go away by being nice and all. Oh, look, Mrs. Fleischman. Oh, please come in. I understand you got a piece of my mail by mistake. Yes. Please, Nana. Yes, Mrs. Fleischman. I could have run it across the alley. That would be the day. Excuse me. It is just as easy for me to run across the alley as... Yeah, it's on the counter. My hands are full of flour. We get a lot of mail, and sometimes the postman just... Can't tell a good Irish pub from a Jewish delicatessen. It is, after all, a government job. There ought to be some sort of standards. The stamp is from Austria. Wait, you could open it here. We hardly ever get mail from far away. Is there something else I can do for you, Mrs. Fleischman? Nana? I got what I came for. Mrs. Fleischman, Grandmother, you promised. Yes, I promised to be courteous. Watching someone reading mail was not part of the bargain. She is right. Good day. Nana, Mrs. Fleischman, you could stay and have tea here. It would be the courteous thing to do. Hey. And maybe there would be something interesting in the letter to talk about over tea in that courteous sort of way. And I could make the tea. Uh, Mrs. Fleischman, how would you like your tea? Uh, with lemon or sugar? Nana takes hers with a little sugar and sometimes at night with a shot of... Oh, all right, pig. Mrs. Fleischman, stay for tea and read your mail. Thank you, anyway. No, really, I, I have tea. I really don't think I should. Bread day is not a good day for breaking new ground. Yeah, I know this child too well, Mrs. Fleischman. She will not let up until you read your mail. Well, please, stay for tea. If you're sure it is not too much trouble, Letters from Europe are as often bad as they are good. Sometimes it is good to have someone with you when... Perhaps you'd rather wait and read it with your friends. I know that when I have bad news, I go run into the women at the church. Yes, but we are not like that. Close-knit. <clears throat> Nina. Then stay. At least have tea. I really don't think this is such a good idea. No, it will be fine. Here, sit right here. Don't you have tables to set? I finished the tables. Then go play with a friend. I don't have any friends. I have you and Mrs. Fleischman. Then I suggest you find some. Just stand out in the street and hail one down like a cab or something? Find something to do, child. I had never been told by Mrs. Fleischman to find something to do. Nor had she ever called me child. I had always thought of us as equals. 
as much as a grown-up and a kid who still has to call her Mrs. Fleischman can be. So I hung out in the alley and kicked rocks. First one at the deli and then at the pub and back and forth. When neither one of them wants you around, it's hardly a time to take sides. Sugar? Vita. Mrs. Fleischman. Please. But I couldn't contain myself, so I snuck up to the door and listened anyway. Is everything all right? Yes, I'm sure it will be. This tea is very nice, thank you. Oh, oh, here, something fell from the envelope. Oh, a piece of a photograph. It looks like a young boy. My God. Can Mrs. Fleischman? Where, where are you going? Back to work. Mrs. Fleischman, what is the matter? Nothing. Everything is all right. I, I must get... No, everything is not all right. It is nothing. Mrs. Fleischman, that photograph is obviously... Oh, all right. His name is Abraham. He is my sister's son. I have not seen a photograph of him in a long time. And now this little piece. Mrs. Fleischman, I don't make tea just to have it thrown down the drain. Waste not, want not. What? <sighs> Nothing. Stay for that tea. Someone might say it would rude of me to... Mrs. Fleischman? Fine. So, the letter, it came with a picture. Yes, Abraham. My sister could have left Austria when visas were easy to get. I should have insisted. Here, um, my lieber Ross, I fear this is the last time I will be able to write. It is getting harder and harder to move about freely. Money is scarce. Your old friend Victor has been sent. See, it has been marked out. Uh, the visas we applied for last spring are being held, so plans for the holiday are uncertain. Local youth seem to find even the smallest adventure out of a simple trip to the countryside. We should all see life through rose-colored glass, and I love that. Now, don't forget that. It's such an odd letter. Even for my sister. But why? This is the first mention of any long-planned holiday, and the closest Abraham will ever get to a trip to the great outdoors is a concert in the park. Perhaps a new friend? He is 11. I am sure by now my sister has convinced him that the parks in Vienna contain only the flora and fauna he will ever need to see. Then why the talk of holidays in colored glass? When my sister was young, she had ways of getting what she wanted without just coming out and saying it. She would say to you, this piece by Strauss is the most beautiful I have ever heard. Now don't forget that. And there would appear in some shop window that small gold music box that played Strauss. And because Papa loved her so much, it soon became hers. 
Well, then where are you to look for rose-colored glass? I have no idea. Papa can no longer send me down to Van Myers to ask what he has in a Strauss melody this season. Sabina was mine to take care of then. But what can I do now? It got quiet in there for what seemed like an eternity. I pushed the door open a crack just to make sure they hadn't killed each other. And they were just standing there. Just standing there. I am sorry about the letter. My sister's holiday plans are really nothing to be sorry about. It's obviously more. Is it? Well, let us hope you are wrong, Mrs. O'Reilly. Yes, let us. And Mrs. Fleischman crossed the alley and put that letter and picture in her music box, which sat front and center on her kitchen table. And perhaps in the act of trying to be polite, my grandmother had become curious about a letter and in a small way about the woman across the alley. Good morning, Mrs. Fleischman. Mrs. O'Reilly. And they began to acknowledge each other in the alley. It was a start. It was an isolated incident. It was an isolated incident. Well, that's what the newspaper said. But Mrs. Fleischman said it was an excuse for putting your head in the sand. She made me read the papers, too. By the end of August 1938, reports of isolated incidences of German brutality towards the Jews began to be found on the back pages of the big newspapers. We read reports of Jewish communities being herded into ghettos like cattle, of forced labor, of random executions right there in the streets, yet all isolated. Isolated incidences. How can you look at the imprisonment of 2,000 Jewish professors as an isolated incident? We don't know that as a fact. How many does it take? Two thousand? Five thousand? I understand you're worried about your family. That is the one isolated incident I could put names to. But shouting in the alley is not going to change anything. Lord, you put a pot of tea on for the woman. Next thing you know, she's screaming at you whenever she takes a fancy. How many do they have to shoot down in the street before? This is Fleischmann. What is going on out here? I have come to borrow sugar. Sugar? You want to borrow sugar? Fine. I'll make it with lemon. Mrs. Fletch, Rose, what, what is it you want? Sugar. All right. I should have never opened that letter over here. I should have opened it in front of my stock boy. My stock boy has to listen to me. I pay him. Well, maybe you should talk to someone at your synagogue. I can't. Why not? We all have somebody missing. Well, I don't understand. You've never bought anything before, and now... Fine, I won't take the sugar. Stop. How much sugar do you need? A cup? A teaspoon. A teaspoon? And a half. A teaspoon and a half. Rose, no one in their right mind walks across the alley for a teaspoon and a... I am sorry. Perhaps you would like to have that tea over here. You do have sugar? Yes. Come, we will have tea and sugar, and if we must, we will talk. Thank you. I don't even know where to start. It's not as if we've had a whole lot of practice. 
some of us, many of us are having letters returned from Europe stamped, unable to deliver. We are hearing nothing, nothing but terrifying rumors and what little is printed in the newspaper. We are not even certain what- Rules? Europe is so far away. It's not our problem. We have trouble enough here taking care of our own. My sister is one of our own. When you begin to take away her possessions, her livelihood, her home, her dignity, then it ought to become our problem. What is it you want from me? I need to find them. People just don't disappear off the face of the earth. Then start at the top and work down. This is America. Is that God or Mr. Roosevelt? Eleanor. Eleanor. <laughs> I shall remember that. What? You made me smile at a difficult time. <laughs> I, uh, the top. There's an agency or committee or subcommittee in this country for everything else. Surely the... The phone book. Peg, run over to Rabbi Shulman's and ask to borrow his Washington DC phone book. But I'm not. Tell him it's for Rose Fleischman. Run! That's right. They both gave permission for a good Irish Catholic girl to go running like crazy through the middle of a synagogue, right to the rabbi's office, and asked to borrow a phone book. It was beautiful. It was a dare. That is, until I got there. Well, not being privy to the details and all. I told him it had something to do with Europe, and Mrs. Fleischman had to talk to the president's wife. The phone book, he said, was for later. He would see that she got it in synagogue. For now, he handed me a contraption he called a... A shortwave radio. What? A shortwave. I want to listen to the news in Europe. Rabbi Schulman gave it to us. Well, her. Well, that's an awful lot of trouble to go to just to hear the news. They're not reporting all of it over here. Well, that's ridiculous. Over here, if you ignore it, maybe it'll go away. What'll go away? I'm not sure but I plan to find out. I thought you sent her after a phone book. I did. And he sends her back with this. He knows what he is doing. Where is your faith, Mrs. O'Reilly? Oh, right where it belongs. Father Patrick would never send one home with something like this. Then Father Patrick should start listening to... To who? Will you help me make this thing work? To who? Please. I know who. Homework. Do your homework. Why not your kitchen? It's Jewish. Oh, so? And yours is Irish. And what? You expect the Nazis to catch a spying? Aren't we with it today? If I remember right, your Mr. Riley, rest in peace, was quite handy with gadgets. I was hoping some of it had rubbed off and you could help me. Oh, my Paddy had a way with the mechanical could take things apart and put them back together just the way they were. That would explain the big jar of extra nuts and bolts we have. Those unnecessary parts. Can you help me here? That's about all he ever taught me. Then I came to the right spot. Shh. To the BBC. It's 10 p.m. We start the news this evening. We got something. Hitler's forces continue to sweep over Eastern Europe towards Czechoslovakia. Great Britain has assured France of Britain's support should they become involved in the war. 
British Prime Minister Chamberlain said, how incredible it is that we should be digging trenches and laying in gas masks here because of a quarrel in... Don't fade out onto me now. What is it you expect to hear exactly? I don't know. Some truce? It was announced today that the Intergovernmental Committee has been meeting in London since August. The committee is the only solid result of the conference at Evian. Damn! What's Evian? It was a conference of world leaders. They gathered together to talk about the European refugee problem. So many people are being forced out of their countries and are looking for a place to live, anywhere. But the countries, one by one, they all stood up and found reasons to not take the refugees. They did not want to even consider being part of the solution. Australia, koala, kangaroos, they jumped up and said, we do not have a racial problem and we do not want one. That is what Avian was. Verstehst? How do you know all this? Back pages of the paper. Wait. And tonight we again bring you words of wisdom, thought-provoking ideas from around the world. The cow jumped over the moon and has landed on a star. What does that mean? They are messages to the family members far away. Rabbi Shulman says they repeat a whole series of them every night. How will they know if the right person gets it? I just don't understand how anyone could think that a silly message like that would get to the right person all the way over here in Chicago or Detroit or someplace. Now, Peg O'Reilly, where is that faith of yours? If you don't try something, as silly as it may seem to others, you will never know if it could work. But... But nothing. Have a little faith, child. You really believe it will work? Until I see differently, yes. Oh. That's a whole lot of hogwash. And so is this. Shh. We left the shortwave on night and day, and day and night. Purple tulips are now in season and finally available for export. Samuel was here, took his bride, and moved to the land of sand. Even as we went on about our business. German-Austrian stormtroopers continued to terrorize Central Europe as 51 Jews, including an 81-year-old rabbi, were left to starve to death on a stone breakwater in the middle of the Danube, where Austria, Czechoslovakia and Hungary meet. Picked up by Czech patrol boats, they were fed and clothed. However, fearing this would accelerate the recent wave of Nazi violence against the Jews, the Czech government loaded them into trucks and took them back across the border, where the Hungarian border patrols picked them up and deposited them back in Austria. The 51 Jews were then arrested by the Nazis for illegal entry. And then one day... Tonight, we again bring you words of wisdom, thought-provoking ideas from around the world. Local youth seem to find even the smallest adventure out of a simple trip to the countryside. They seem to see things through rose-colored glass. That's which? Even in this heavy fog. You're listening this evening... Rose? Couldn't hear me, my sister. They must be all right. She found a way to get her message to me. It worked! It really worked! I think you're really stretching this. In code and everything! She told me what never to forget, and the BBC just told me where to look for it. Well, what fog then? Whose fog? Dear fog, I don't know. London's fog. The Quakers! I have heard that the Quakers will help the refugees get messages to their families. 
Peg, I need a phone book from Rabbi Shulman now and tell him we have found my family. We have? They're somewhere in England. I wonder how many times they have already broadcast my message. Oh, you seem awfully sure about this. I have to be. Rose, he said it's only youth who see things through rose-colored glass. Surely the family must be together. Yes. So again, I ran to the synagogue. Rabbi Shulman insisted on delivering the phone book himself. The shortwave radio he would let me have, but not the phone book. I figured at one point he must have had a bad experience with a good Irish girl and a phone book. What are you doing out in the alley? Isn't it past your bedtime? I'm not sure. You're not sure? When I came to live here, we never really established a set time. Really? But over the years, I found 9.30 sort of makes everyone happy. Mail? Not really. It's a card for my dad. That's nice. A birthday card. Four months and three days late from Iowa. And I know how to read a postmark, so I know it doesn't take that long. Your father lives in Iowa? He lives all over. Nana says he's running. Running? Running away from the memory of Mama, from everything. Maybe from Nana. Maybe from me. Peg, he's not running away from you. He's never in the same place. So I guess that's like running away. He most likely is running away from himself. I didn't make Mama die. I was only four and a half. We could have stayed together in California or Iowa or wherever. Been a family. Just the two of us. But Nana told him to come home. And he did. Just long enough to drop me off. Perhaps he thought you would be happier with your grandmother. Maybe. I bet you'll never see him again. It's all right to miss him. At least you and Nana know what you're missing. Your father is an adult. When he gets things figured out, he'll be back. And then again, maybe he won't be. But dwelling on it won't. Well, I'm not dwelling. Try not to think about it. Just because you want somebody to do something doesn't mean they're going to do it. Do you want to come in? I have strudel, cherry strudel, a big piece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is all this stuff? The results of your latest med dash through the synagogue. I went to the rabbi's outside door. Uh-huh. Why don't people like the Jews? People just hate each other. Why? Human nature. Do you miss your sister? Read me the next one on the list, please. You got all these from the phone book? Well, the Department of Human and Social Services, 331 17th Street Northwest. Is that in Washington? Yes. So how many of these have you done? A little over a dozen. What are you writing them about? 
I tell them that I am looking for a little boy. And what about his parents? I tell them that I am looking for an 11-year-old boy named Abraham Sachs, who is living somewhere in England, and hopefully they can put me in contact with someone or some agencies that can help me find him. Are you going to send the picture in your music box? The muck the moil. I couldn't part with it. I simply tell them that he looks very much like his mother. He has her eyes. And his ears. Oh, what about his ears? I have never thought about Abraham in terms of ears. <laughs> Too bad. Because if he looked anything like my cousin Francis, you could just call the king and tell him to look for a redhead with ears that look like tubas. Peg! Oh, sorry. But he'd be the first to point that out. Peg! The next name on the list? Oh, uh, the American... I'm sorry I made fun of my cousin, Mrs. Fleischman. I know it's not a nice thing to do. That's true. It is a little hard for me to understand. We don't have any ear problems in our family. Lucky you. What sort of problems do you have? Pig. Sorry. Uh, the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, 7711 South. Pig! Pig O'Reilly! It's 9.32! Oh, I gotta go. Thank you for your help. Sure. Pig! Coming! Good night, Pig. See ya! Good night, Mrs. Fleischman. Look what I got in the mail. Some people face life by running away. Others by looking at Square in the face. He doesn't come home because he can't look at my face. What? I was five. I remember, Nana. He said he couldn't sit at the breakfast table and look into Mama's eyes. Do you think I have Mama's eyes? Yes. And they are very pretty. Now, go on in. Tommy! Oh, why does God keep punishing me for letting you go? Iowa! It's not my fault you had wandering feet like your father. It's not my fault Patty couldn't hear you when you tried to tell him so. Oh, Tommy, I got a pub to run and I'm pouring beer and feeding everyone in the neighborhood as fast as I can. And every time I turn around, Father Patrick's asking me to serve at the soup kitchen. And then the Catholic ladies are always wanting cookies for another one of their bazaars. And, and now I got a, a poor Jewish lady borrowing sugar and screaming about Europe. And on top of all that, I have your 13-year-old daughter. I let you go because you said it was killing you to stay. Well, I killed Patty when you left. Oh, God! I'm an old woman. When is enough enough? And the fall evenings passed, one after another, with the lights burning in Mrs. Fleischman's kitchen till the wee hours of the night. And I tried not to think about it. And for the most part, it worked. 
Thanksgiving was coming up soon and I spent one day trying to figure out what she was going to have on that day, being Jewish and all. She said she was American and would have turkey like everyone else, only with a matzah dressing. I think she added the matzah dressing part to make me feel really stupid for asking. But I don't think Mrs. Fleischman was thinking much about the holiday. On November 11th, Rabbi Shulman came by with a copy of the Chicago Daily Tribune and headline read, Nazis smash, loot, and burn Jewish shops and temples until Goebbels calls halt. The Nazis went on a rampage and burned almost 200 synagogues, more than 800 shops were destroyed, and another 7,500 looted. The streets of Germany and Austria were littered by the shattered shop windows, and the disaster became known as Kristallnacht, Night of the Broken Glass. 20,000 Jews were arrested and taken to concentration camps. On top of it all, the Jews were fined 4 billion marks for the destruction. A world, a whole ocean away, was beginning to explode. The mistake was we thought it was too far away for us to hear. So, how do you feel to a fish? And good evening to you. The same way you loaf a salmon, only we boil it. Lovely. Actually, it is. Why are you here? Oh, I, I've caught you at a bad time. I'll just... Would you like a cup of coffee? If it's not too much. It's not. It's made already. So that's how you start off a visit. That idle conversation about fish. Would you prefer I scream across the alley about politics and then ask to borrow sugar? At least I know what was on your mind. How are things going? I'd have more success with a blue plate special. Even on Tuesday. Here. Hebrew Sheltering and Immigration Aid Society would love to help, especially with funding, once we have located the child. The Council on Human Rights requires a visa passport number before they can even begin. The Department of Social Services out of the range of activities. It is not our department. Letter after letter, not our department, not our department, not our problem. Oh, here's a good one. Section 7C of the Immigration Act of 1924 requires the following public records. Two copies of the birth certificate, a record of military service, and a police certificate of good character for the previous five years from his country of origin. But he's only 11. He had a birthday. Surely there must be an exception. But till then... You're nowhere. Yes. I'm only looking for a needle in a haystack. Rose, <clears throat> on Thursday afternoon, I was in church, and I was speaking to a few ladies about your situation. My situation? With a boy. It is now the subject of idle conversation, of useless prayer circles. How dare you? They are anything but useless. Every... Thursday afternoon, a group of fine Catholic ladies gather in the basement of St. Mary's Church for a small program of events and talk and sharing what's going on with each other. And we start and end with a prayer and what the hell? We were just trying to help, that's all. I don't need that kind of help. What could it hurt? Birds of pity or sympathy or the poor Jew across the alley from Mrs. O'Reilly. Uh, why does it always come back to that? 
You're not the one scraping jukebar home off your shop windows. Well, the ladies in church aren't responsible for that dirt. And if that's all you think we're capable of, words of pity, fine. Then fight this battle of yours on your own, Mrs. Fleischman. I shan't say another word. That will be the day. What are you still doing up? I'm in the alley, no less. Scheiße. I heard that. Me too. Fine, then it shall make wonderful gossip for your next Thursday meeting. You're not going to give the number to her? You heard her. She doesn't need my help. Peggy Jean off to bed. I'm a, just going to get a drink of water. Oh, all right. But I expect the lights off in here in five minutes. And I counted the cinnamon rolls, so don't get any bright ideas. And that's exactly what I needed. A bright idea. For without one, I was just a common thief. So I went to the hook where my grandmother's apron was hanging, and I dug in the pocket and found the scrap of paper with the number written on it, and... Mrs. Fleischman! Mrs. Fleischman! Nana, come quickly! What is it, child? Peggy Jean, what is going on? Oh. oh. I found the piece of paper out here in the alley with that important number on it. Nana, you must have dropped it on your way in, or Mrs. Fleischman, maybe it was slid in on the side of your door and the wind caught it and blew it into the alley. And it's a good thing I found it, what with the street cleaners and all. <laughs> street cleaners, that I would like to see. Just give me the note. Maybe Nana better. Her handwriting is not as good as it used to be. It looks like the number for Herman Lewis's chicken aid. German Jewish children's aid, for heaven's sakes. Well, if the letters are that bad, then the numbers could be really bad. Just give her the note. She can figure it out herself. But what if she got it just one number off? She could be ringing Louisa's pizzeria. Well, that would be very embarrassing. And Nana, you couldn't blame Mrs. Fleischman if she said, how odd, I got this number from my friend, Lady O'Reilly. And then it could get back to you, and that would look very good. Maybe you should go to the deli and let her write it down for herself. And who says she even wants it? Mrs. Fleischman, it might just come in handy. And Nana, it would make you feel better. Nana, please, it's getting past my bedtime. All right, all right, but go to bed. Go, I don't do humbling in front of a crowd. Go, okay. Go. It's the address of the German Jewish Children's Aid. They have an office in London. We thought it might help. What is this number? A four? Oh, let me see. Ah, no, a nine. I can figure the rest of this out myself. You don't have to do this by yourself. It's my family. Fine. Then you get on that white horse of yours with all the pride and stubbornness you can muster and go riding off into... Into what? I don't know. I just hope that you can do this before you're worried about not just finding him, but finding him alive.
Why can't you just shove some of that damn pride of yours in a drawer someplace and think about the boy? This is what you call humbling? I didn't say who was going to be humbled. True. But I should thank you. Oh, fine. Be that way. Wait. I'm sorry. Is that so? You are very good at this humbling business. And you are right. About what? Everything. Absolutely everything, for heaven's sake. Apology accepted. Can you do that on cue? Get all right out like that and in turn get that kind of reaction out of others? What? I, I think I could use your help. You want me to help you? A few minutes ago. That was then. You're awfully stubborn. And you're not? How else does anything ever get done? I suppose so. You with me? As compared to what? Against you? I prefer to think of it as with me or without me. And without me, you'd be... Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. <laughs> then we shall see. But for now, I'm in. I get some rest. You look terrible. Enough with this humbling business. I'm serious. Get some sleep. And as December came, the lights still never went out over there. They were on when I went to bed and they were on when I got up. Like a vigil, an eternal flame, flame that could set the world on fire, one room at a time. Are you going to help me or not? I was going to finish wrapping presents. That can wait. I was wrapping your Christmas present. It can still wait. Uh, Not till you're done helping me make the sausage. So is that really pig gut? Small intestine. Either Lord the Hopper or Crank. Crank. So you rip its guts out, grind them up, and then shove them into his own guts? Why must you reduce everything down to its lowest common denominator? What does that mean? Stop thinking so much. It's only sausage. Sort of like he's eating himself. Public charge. Now they are public charges. Public... Public charges. Now they are public charges. Who? The children. Public charges. What? What? What's a public charge? Order the state and I have to supply this. That's my bread you got there. No, no. Half of this and this. Now my cheese. And a third of this. Roll my sausage. Slow down. Now, what? 365 days a year, and I have to come up with this. Slowly. 365 days a year, and I have to guarantee our government that I can provide for this child. But you can. Yes, but I must convince them that I can, so that it does not become a public charge, a financial burden to the people. Well, that's insane. How could he? You have a good business. But what if I should die? Or the business goes under in these hard times. Well, the society. The society promised help once you find the child. It too could go under, according to Mr. Fletcher. Who's Mr. Fletcher? The undersecretary to the undersecretary to the undersecretary to the man who takes visa applications, who is taking his orders directly from your Mr. Roosevelt. 
Well, when did he become my Mr. Roosevelt? Then he started keeping innocent little children out of this country based on, on a technicality. Rose, we haven't even found him yet. And when we do, he will have a visa. And no Mr. Roosevelt and his damned sausage law is going to prevent me from doing so. But, but... He has made it clear that he does not want these little children in this country. And I am going to make it equally clear to him that... That, that what? That he is wrong. Damn it. Rose? Is this that lowest denominator thing? Yes, go back to wrapping your presents. Rose! Damn. It feels like I'm beating my head against a wall. I... Here, look at this clipping. A 32-year-old German Jewish doctor and his wife were not allowed into this country because they might become public charges. He had $1,600 cash, three letters of support, and a sister claiming she owned $70,000 worth of property. Then why wouldn't they grant him a visa? They said it wasn't enough. Was it because he is Jewish? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. God love me or hate me, but just don't tell me you don't care. Oh, Rose, surely God cares. I can't even find him to tell him I'm trying. I'm trying. That sort of old angels bend. bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Rose Fleischman knows a Christmas carol. Rose Fleischman knows many things. What she doesn't know is what came upon the midnight clear. A miracle. Miracles, right? Yes, exactly. It's like a festival of lights. See, I know too. This Hanukkah didn't some oil burn for eight days. Wasn't that a miracle? You're talking ancient miracles, a new miracle. That's what it's going to take to get this boy because I don't seem to be doing any good. No, you have to stop taking all this anger out on yourself. And my grandmother reached out to touch Mrs. Fleischman. No, don't. Rose, I was only trying to offer some comfort. Don't touch me. And Mrs. Fleischman turned and went back to her kitchen. And my grandmother watched her and then turned to go back to the pub. But then my grandmother stopped and looked back at Mrs. Fleischman's door. My grandmother had spent most of her life looking behind her, keeping track of my grandfather, my father, me, and the pain. The very thing that made her strive onward was also the thing she kept looking over her shoulder at. Oh, Rose. And my grandmother turned her back on the alley, just as Mrs. Fleischman came back to her door. Because I think Mrs. Fleischman needed someone who cared enough to look back at... Oh, lady. At her. And so ends Act One of Rose-Colored Glass. 
Actors Laura Gardner, Joe Twiss, and Story Musa perform courtesy of Actors' Equity. Rose Color Glass is produced with permission by the authors. And now, if you want to know how it all ends, does Peg get her mail-order lingerie? Do Lady and Rose really become friends? Do they not? Do they get the boy? You need to come back on November 14th, same time, same station, 2 p.m., November 14th, WPKN. But between now and then, there's this little thing called an election. And we encourage you to please get out and vote. If you can vote in person, please do, but please do vote. Immigration is an issue today, just as it was in 1939, and it calls for caring and compassion still. Please vote. Until November 14th, this is Janice Goldberg signing off for Rose Colored Glass.